Hey everyone, it's Candace Eisner back with you again. And this episode starts our series on building a strong private practice. And today we're going to talk about the number one thing you need to tackle before you start your private practice. So let's go. Welcome to Life Beyond the Massage Table, a podcast for massage therapists, or really anyone who works in health and wellness. I'm here to help you take a look at your business and practice in new ways, to think outside the box, and to shift gears from the same old stuff that isn't helping you build the life and the business that you really want. Let's get started. Uh, well, I hope you guys have all been keeping well with everything that's going on in the world right now. Um, as I'm recording this, it is uh, early June, beginning of June, and uh, yeah, a lot has gone on. And uh, one thing I do want to say before we dive into the topic proper is I do understand how much COVID has changed all of your businesses, or at least most of you. There might be some of you who had almost no change. Um, certainly, I was talking to my own physiotherapist yesterday. Uh, and uh, while things have changed, he's doing way more home or not home, um, like from home, like virtual visits now, like way, way more. And during the, you know, the height of things, he was only doing virtual visits, um, but he was still seeing quite a few clients a day. So, you know, overall, it was it was going fine for him. But I know a lot of you, you were seeing nobody or you weren't able to see anybody because of regulations or it was just hard to get people to, you know, be willing to book in uh, like a virtual, you know, session talking about, you know, posture and home care and self-care and exercises and stuff because people wanted their hands-on treatment or, you know, stuff like that. Um, even even therapists have struggled sometimes. Uh, some clients don't want to uh, do virtual appointments. But uh, yeah, I also to say, I, I know... COVID has affected businesses, particularly health and wellness businesses like you guys. I've been following a ton of Facebook discussions. I have seen how stressed everybody is about, you know, how to get back to work and what's the right way to do things and what procedures you should have in place and what safety precautions and all those things. And I've had a lot of conversations with my friend who's an RMT and a physiotherapist, or sorry, RMT and psychotherapist. <laughs> RMT physiotherapist might that might be a really interesting combination, but she's she's a psychotherapist. But uh, anyway, and yeah, like I said, you know, I just saw my own physio yesterday. Um, things have changed a ton. The procedure going into the clinic is extremely different from when it used to be. You know, like I can't even shake my physio's hand. We used to like shake hands, and say hey, how how's it going? You know, like you know, and uh, have a have a close chat, and we can't do that anymore. <laughs> So it's it's so different. Um, however, however, there is going to come a time when we are all used to this new normal, which includes more space between appointments and all the, you know, the masks and the cleaning and the PPE and all that stuff. Um, so today's topic and this whole series, I'm not going to talk about COVID specifically, okay? I acknowledge that it is still new and we're still learning and there's a lot of things for you guys to think about right now. And some of you have even had trouble paying your rent over the last few months. But I'm not going to focus on that stuff because it is such a changing world. And instead, I'm just going to focus more on life as we settle into the new normal. So this advice is definitely applic applicable. That's a tough word sometimes. Right now. 
But you may have to think first about, you know, what's my PPE? What's my cost of this cleaner or, you know, replacing my pillows with plastic ones or whatever? I get that. But there's also a lot of things you need to think about down the road in terms of having a strong foundation for your business. And that is the kind of stuff we're going to talk about in this series, okay? So just keep all that in mind. So let's get into the topic. So today's episode is geared towards anyone who works 100% solo. And it's not to say that if you work with other people, you can't use this advice. Because it's it's really, it's applicable. There, I said the word this time. It's applicable to anybody, but especially solo business owners, because those are the people who, you guys are my people. So this could mean that you just graduated and are ready to begin work, finally, thank goodness. And you want to open your own practice rather than just working in a bigger office or studio. You know, that's, that's, that's what you want. Or maybe you've been working out of someone else's business for a while, and whether it's due to the current situation of the world or just it's time, you want to go out on your own. Or maybe you've been out on your own for a while, you're already a solo practitioner, and you've been struggling and you just could use, you know, some advice and maybe a reset to build that stronger foundation. So we're talking about stuff for you guys. And what's this big topic that I haven't even told you yet? Well, it's all about your mindset. Mindset is the number one thing you need to think about as a business owner. You might think that, you know, starting your new business, you need to think about location or what renovations you need to do or what your business name is going to be or what URL your website should be at or one of those things. Maybe maybe that's, you know, top of mind for you. And those are important steps. Don't misunderstand me. All that is important. You know, you can't just like work on your mindset and then all of a sudden your business is awesome. It doesn't work that way. You need to do all the bits and pieces. But the first step is honestly tackling these mindset issues or at least putting that at the forefront as you're working on the other more like physical uh, actionable stuff like, you know, finding the space and, you know, renting out things that you need. If you don't start working on your mindset issues before you get started on the physical stuff, you're going to run into issues later in your business. And trust me, I know this from personal experience. I have been there. I think most business owners have been there. In the coaching group that I am a part of, which I've talked to you guys about before, people are constantly talking about mindset and being afraid of putting their name out there and getting clients and how to sell their product. It is a super common thing. We all have these fears and worries, no matter what it is we do for a living, right? Even if we've been super successful in the past, there's still some doubt and worry. It's just how the human mind seems to work. Now, let me pause for a second and talk about something important for a second, other than the stuff that I said off the top. One of the often unspoken truths about working for yourself is that a lot of people do it because they feel that they have to, not because they truly want to. And I'm sorry if that makes you go, ugh, because it is just one of those things that we need to think about, you know, or you might be doing something because you have a huge passion for it. And passion is awesome. You can be a passionate massage therapist, yoga teacher, osteopath, nutritionist, you know, But passion will only take you so far. In fact, if you are passionate about what you do and the clients that you're seeing, but you really don't like the idea of dealing with the nitty gritty of owning a business, I strongly suggest that you find a clinic or studio or office with great people 
and uh, a good compensation percentage and just work there. Let someone else take care of dealing with the the landlord, the website, the angry clients, the fact that your point of sale machine is down again for the fifth time, that, you know, something else is broken, the the printer's broken, that, that, you know, whatever it is, let someone else deal with that stuff. And there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. There is absolutely nothing wrong with it. There's no shame in that if it fits your personality and goals better, right? In fact, let me talk about something I hear a lot as a business owner. People think that being a solo practitioner, being a business owner with other people working under you, whichever it is, that you're going to have so much more freedom and everything is going to be, you know, on your terms and, you know, all that kind of stuff. That's kind of the thing that we're fed in terms of owning our own businesses, right? And I think this is something that I need to make clear in case in case it wasn't clear or in case like you've heard that and the reason why you're doing it is because you think it's somehow better than working for someone else. Because honestly, people think that because I'm self-employed, I have like all this time to do what I want, when I want, you know, uh, people are so envious of me. They're like, oh, you work for yourself. Oh, I'm so jealous. I wish I could work for myself, you know, and on the one hand. It's often coming from people with traditional nine to five jobs, which isn't most of you guys listening. You guys aren't usually in that category. You usually already work to yourself to some capacity. Maybe you're a contractor working for another clinic. But I do know that those of you who work for some other clinic or some other studio, whatever, you're a contractor or maybe you're an employee and you have like a set schedule and rules that you have to follow according to the clinic's policies. And, you know, sometimes you feel that if you worked solo, you'd have more free time and you'd have more freedom in general. And let me be honest with you guys, this isn't really true. It is true that you work, if you work 100% independently, you can do what you like with your time. That is, that is true. If you want to get groceries in the middle of the afternoon or do a yoga class or take a nap for, you know, gosh sakes, you can do that. That's up to you. No one else is setting your schedule. As long as obviously you don't have a client booked, because I don't think that looks very professional if, you know, the client shows up and you're like, oh, sorry, I decided to take a nap instead, right? I think you guys all know that. But just, yeah, there's this perception that, like, if you run your own business 100% solo, you can do what you want all the time. However, however, running a business, as we've said, isn't a set it and forget it mode of working. It just doesn't work that way. There's always something to be done. And for those those of you who already work solo know this. You're probably nodding your head going, yup, 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 <laughs> as I'm saying these things. But yeah, there's always something to be done. It might be ordering supplies. It might be contacting a vendor because something broke. It might be updating your social media. It might be replying to a client email. It might be doing a deep clean because, you know, I said I wasn't going to mention it much, but we're in COVID times right now. So deep cleans are so essential. So yeah, you have flexibility. It's 100% true, but that doesn't mean that you can just do what you want when you want. You need to have discipline to get your shit done. Which, you know, sometimes that does mean missing out on events or working on the weekend, even if you don't want to. Just That's just the way it is. So I hope this puts to rest a little bit the idea that working solo or 100% for yourself means tons of freedom and it's like the only way that you would ever want to run your business. It does mean you have more control, totally. But it doesn't mean you suddenly have tons of free time. Those are two different things. 
so now that I've got that out of the way, let's talk business owner mindset some more, okay? Because this is this is this is what we're talking about. This is like the the bulk of the episode here. One of the other things I see a lot with massage therapists, and I do believe this happens with other professions as well. It's just that as a former massage therapist, that's the primary thing I'm exposed to. I'm not saying I don't work with other people, but as a former massage therapist, I have a lot of friends who are also massage therapists. But uh, basically, the professions where it's common to be paid on a percent split or paying out a rent every month, but especially the percent split is this attitude that comes out of it that clinic owners are hugely profiting off your hard work. And that's why you want to go work for yourself. I 100% understand where this comes from. And by the way, I when I say you, I mean the general you. I am not talking to you specifically as the individual listener. I'm talking more general. This is a general thing I see in the massage therapy profession, but I see it in others as well. Definitely. It's not just massage therapists who think this way. Now, again, I 100% get where this, you know, the clinic owners are profiting off you thing comes from. And, you know, there's this idea that all the money you earn from your hard work should go in your own pocket. And I get that to a certain extent. You know, it's cultural. And, you know, at least in North America, no one likes feeling like someone is taking advantage of them. And sometimes that can happen in business in general, not just massage, not just health and wellness, all businesses. Now, if you have this mindset, I want to say a few things about this because they're also important things to be real about if you're going to work for yourself and they're also mindset things that you need to shift. Now, if you don't have this mindset at all, I hope you'll be patient for a minute while I go over this stuff. You're going, no, I, I don't really think about this at all. Just <laughs> sorry, uh, hold on a second and we'll we'll get into more of this mindset topic. But uh, for the for those of you who do think about those things sometimes, think that like, you know, someone's profiting off you. The vast majority of people who run clinics and studios and offices for health and wellness are not making big profits off their contractors, I promise you. So if you've been told that you should work for yourself because other business owners are just making the big bucks and, you know, they're wasting your time and, you know, if you just work for yourself, you'd make more, all those things we've already talked about. Generally, that's not an honest narrative and that's something that you need to think about within yourself. It does happen sometimes, don't get me wrong. I do personally know of a few cases where someone runs a clinic and makes a lot of money from the rent or split that they're getting paid out by their contractors. I get that. It does happen. It's, I'm not saying it doesn't happen. But often, honestly, the owners aren't making a lot of money at all. Sometimes it's just barely enough to cover the expenses of having someone else in the office, right? So it's really important for you to know that if you're going to go own your own solo business that like... You're not all of a sudden going to have like this huge amount of extra money. Like it's just, it's not usually that way. Occasionally it is, but not usually. And the second thing, and this is a really important mindset thing. What's so bad about them making money? You can imagine there's a thinking emoji inserted here if you're an emoji person like me, and that helps you. Because <laughs> yeah, people who own businesses take in most or all of the risk. Being a business owner is taking a risk. So if something happens like uh, COVID, (laughs) they are the ones it comes back to ultimately. All of the contracts and agreements are between them and their vendors and landlords and rental companies, etc. Not you. I mean, yes, you do sign a contract, 
But the vast majority of the risk and the fault falls on them. And if they fail at that, they don't make the bills that month. It's not just their business that suffers, but the business of all their contractors. And that is a really hard situation to face as a business owner. And also, they are taking on those high costs of rent. Like commercial rent in most places, towns, cities, wherever, is not cheap. They are taking on that rent and heating and plumbing and electricity and renovations and common supplies and business insurance and on and on and on and on that you're required to have as a business owner. And let's look at the positive sides of being a business owner for a second. You know, if you're working for someone else, if they're a good owner, they're also putting in work like marketing and making sure supplies are topped up quickly and spending money on improvements when they can, uh, checking in with you and see if you need anything. And I I even know of lots of clinics out there that they offer you the chance to expand your clinical knowledge. Like they do say group meetings where everybody shares back and forth from different professions. You can learn a ton in those sessions, you know, like it might be someone's presenting a clinical case and you all comment on it. You learn from each other. Um, It might be that someone just took a seminar and they are now passing on some of that knowledge to their fellow clinicians. It might be, you know, that they are offering to pay uh, for courses for you to go to. So maybe it's like 50-50, maybe they're paying 100%, like they've got a budget for it. Those things happen at at other clinics and studios, right? So you have to ask yourself, is it worth it to pay them for this hard work and higher risk and bonuses that they're offering you? The investment that they're putting into your career Because you know what? They damn well deserve to make an income just like you deserve to make an income. Everybody deserves to make something, right? Everybody deserves fair compensation. Now, why am I talking about this when this episode is about going solo and working for yourself without being affiliated with another business or clinic or office, right? Like you're going, well, Candace, like this is about solo people. Why why are you talking about this? I've I've already decided I'm going solo. (laughs) Well, I'm addressing this because it's a money mindset issue. Ultimately, it's about money. It's not really about the relationship you have with your clinic owner, etc. I mean, yes, that is there. Don't get me wrong, because there's a lot of things in the mix. But this is a money mindset issue. And this is a thing that a lot of solo practitioners run into, myself included, back when I was massaging and now as a solo business owner. It's just something we all struggle with. The reason why people dislike working for someone else usually is because they want 100% control of everything. They want control of all the money. And the root of that is not that, you know, they feel that people are, you know, bad, like other owners are bad or something. It's because they're stressed about paying their bills and making a good living. Just like, you know, we're all stressed. That's just something that we we have within us. We all we all worry about money on some level. We all have our issues and hang ups with money. You know, it's something that most humans over a certain age have to think about because money is a really hard topic for most of us. Like, you know, did I already use the word taboo? Well, it is. It's a taboo, right? Um, And depending on your background, you might have different feelings about money in general from other people. So it isn't really about the clinic owners making profit. I mean, it is to a certain extent, but it's not really about that. It's actually about how money is a hard topic and causes stress. And we're not really sure what to do with that. So having some awareness around this and finding ways to dig into your own money mindsets will help you a ton as you go forward into your solo practitioner journey and open your own business or work on your own business if you're already a solo practitioner. I really, truly do want to see every single one of you succeed, okay? Um, 
And if you want to succeed, part of that success is doing some internal work on your money and your income and how we attach things like self-worth and ability and all those kinds of things to it. Now, you probably know this, but I am not a therapist or a financial advisor or anybody who is an expert on this topic. So I'm going to leave that topic there. Um, What I will do is leave a few links in the show notes to some things that have helped me in terms of money mindset, some things for you to read and think about. Um, And if this really hits a nerve, finding someone to talk to about this might actually be worth your time as well. Overall, it is just the more you can work on this money mindset stuff that, you know, it is okay to earn an income. There is room for everybody. We can all earn a good income. You know, you are worth a good income, all those things the more you're going to find that you uh, have a much better journey or much happier journey as a solo practitioner owning your own business. So let's move on from money mindset stuff. Let's shift gears from an employee mindset to a boss owner mindset. That's the next thing to talk about. Even if you're the only person you ever have to boss around, well, you're still the boss, right? You know, have you ever, I'm sure you all have seen that joke about like, if you see me talking to myself, well, I'm just having a staff meeting since I'm self-employed, ha ha ha. But but it's true, right? Like, even if you're the only person you have to boss around, you still have to get into kind of like that I'm the boss mindset in a positive way, not a negative way. So working for yourself means you do need to make some changes on how you think around work. If this is new to you, if this isn't new to you, you know, that's great. But if you're going from either um, only ever having been an employee to opening your business for the first time, or you've been struggling with this, even though you have been self-employed for quite a while, this is some stuff to think about. Because you can't keep thinking like an employee if you're going to be the boss, if you're going to be the biz owner. You need to be more willing to take on risks and try new things and do research on what works and what doesn't work and then make a hard decision. You might already be aware of this, but it doesn't truly hit home until you're actually working 100% solo. So as a solo business owner, yeah, the buck stops with you, as they say. You already know this, I'm sure. You are responsible for all the issues that come up at your clinic all the issues, whether it's an angry client, you've run out of soap and you need to somehow run to the store to get more, uh, even though you have a bunch of people booked. Uh, One of your computers stops working. Uh, Property maintenance isn't getting done. So you need to talk to your landlord um, or you're the landlord. Like it's you're, you're practicing out of your house. So you somehow need to find time to shovel your walk in the winter or de-ice things or Make sure your garden is at least kept tidy, you know? All that stuff falls to you as the business owner. Owning a business means you cannot just walk in, see your clients, you know, do your charts or whatever it is, depending on your exact profession. Most of you have charts to do or some sort of notes to do and then leave and be done. Like it just doesn't work that way. You need to shift mindsets to your business being a big part of your life. So let me tell you a quick story from my own experience. And this is a bit of a negative story, but it was one of those times that really taught me that, you know, being a business owner isn't just about finding clients. There's a lot more to it. So I remember back when I ran my own clinic, and this was probably around 2011-ish. There were several days where I had to cancel all my bookings to deal with a broken point of sale machine and a provider who refused to book specific times. It didn't matter what kind of business you had, they would only book 
like a nine to five slot, you know, like like a, the cable guy or having your internet installed these days, right? If you've ever had to deal with the frustration of that, this is what it was like for me. And this was back in the days where things like uh, Square and whatever, you know, where it's it's hooked up to your cell phone um, or it's uh, done online with just an internet connection didn't exist or were not uh, not widely used. So I had one of those old-fashioned point-of-sale machines that you still see in a lot of larger businesses. And some of you might still have one of those machines. But yeah, so there's that frustration of knowing that you're going to have to sit around from nine to five. And maybe you've dealt with it on a personal level. Imagine, though, having to do that with your business. You can't see clients while you wait for this person because they might show up while you're in the middle of a treatment. And you, you have to be able to deal with them and tell them what the problem is and, and advise them and sign papers and all kinds of things. You can't just leave it in the hallway for them to deal with most of the time. Occasionally that's possible, but most of the time it's not. And quite frankly, there's a possibility that this person won't even show up by five o'clock and they'll tell you, oh, sorry, we didn't get to you today. We'll just get to you tomorrow. You know, that's just the way it works. It's not good. But for me, it wasn't just them showing up during a long, you know, eight hour window that was the problem. My new machine was sent to the wrong address through no fault of my own. (laughs) Meaning after multiple phone calls, I had to travel downtown to pick it up and then rebook the nine to five appointment for another day. So the way it was supposed to work was that the machine would show up that morning because it was it was overnighted by Purolator or whatever service. I think it was Purolator. It might have been UPS. It doesn't matter. Um, And at the time, here in Toronto, there were very few depots to pick things up from. They didn't have them all over like they tend to have now. So I had to travel all the way downtown. I don't work downtown, you know, or I didn't at the time. Yeah, I did. I did later in my career, but I didn't at the time. So I had to try. I had to take like another day to travel downtown to pick up the dang machine. And then once I had the machine, I had to bring it back and rebook that nine to five slot for them to show up. So in the end, I lost three full days of work to this problem. And I had no choice. And my clients were kind of disappointed. They were understood. But it just, it wasn't good. You know, I lost a lot of revenue in in those three days. It was very frustrating. So that's just one small story. I mean, in the end, we got it fixed. It was something small, honestly. It's just that the machine had broken. You know, these things happen. Technology, right? But, uh, you know, you need to be ready to deal with those situations, too, because, you know, if it it, just because you don't maybe have one of those big monster, you know, point of sale machines, you know, like stores have like, uh, you know, grocery stores and stuff doesn't mean that something else won't break down, whether it's, you know, your plumbing or the toilet or, you know, (laughs) plumbing and toilet are related. But you, you guys get the picture, right? Something something might happen. So if you're used to just coming in and seeing clients and doing your paperwork and then leaving, your days are no longer going to be like that, at least most days. Sometimes, sure, you know, sometimes if you're in a rush, you're just exhausted or you have a special event to go to after work. Yeah, totally. You can. But remember, you're just putting it off. It's not like someone else is going to do it for you. (laughs) So many days you're going to be dealing with your point of sale vendor or plumber or linens delivery or finding your PPE or doing some cleaning or following up our client emails or whatever. There's stuff to do. So be aware of that. Be aware that if you are used to being an employee, if you're used to just sort of coming in and leaving work at work, 
That's no longer a possibility when you own a business. Your work and your life kind of blend together. And that actually leads me to my final mindset issue I want to talk about with you guys, which is the idea of being entrepreneurial. So the idea of being an entrepreneur means different things to different people. And I've even done several episodes on it. And I have people tell me, you know, who are solo business owners, well, I'm not an entrepreneur. And that's fine. Um, But as a solo business owner, you do have to be willing to do at least some entrepreneurial type things. You don't have to think of yourself as like, I don't know, Jeff Bezos and stuff, especially with what's going on in the world right now. You do not have to think of yourself as being like him or you don't have to think of yourself as being like some, you know, hot shot, you know, uh, startup person working in Silicon Valley. It's not the same thing at all. You know, I'm totally painting a picture of a stereotype, by the way, that's intentional. You do not have to be this stereotype. But the entire idea here is that in order to own a successful business, you need to be more willing to take risks. And that's what I mean by being entrepreneurial. Often we think about owning our own businesses and we get caught up in things like, you know, how much money we're going to make and what's the best deal on, you know, some expense. Like, should I go with this online booking or that online booking or where to find clients? And those are important. Don't get me wrong. Those are really important. However... If you want to successfully blend your work and your life, which you have to do if you're going to own a business, and still maintain some sort of balance and your sanity, let's be real, you need to learn to think like an entrepreneur. And this means learning to think differently than you did when you were working for someone else, or maybe the way you were sort of quote unquote trained to think, you know, when you're in school or, you know, when you grew up. Maybe not. Maybe you had business owners in your family. And uh, this is all very obvious to you. But to some people, you know, where their parents, you know, had one job their whole career and it was very stable. And then, you know, they they retired and they had a pension plan and et cetera. You know, or maybe your parents are still working, depending on how old you are and what your situation is. But yeah, if you were used to that environment, it means, you know, just you have some learning to do. That's all. And that's fine. That's great. So yeah, you need to learn to think differently, learning to see your mistakes and challenges as a way to grow and not letting them consume you and, you know, making you super upset and therefore bleeding over into your your personal life a lot. And don't get me wrong, we're all going to have crap days, but just you need to learn how to say, okay, you know, um, obstacles are just teaching me how to do something better. You know, this is just teaching me how to improve my business and how to be a better person or, you know, whatever it might be, depending on the specifics. You need to spend time working on your business skills. You know, that is like the stuff that keeps your business going behind the scenes, not just learning new client facing stuff. I know it is really common for people in health and wellness to just want to focus mostly on new techniques or uh, possibly a little bit on like emails, like how to how to do uh, good communications with your clients. People just really focus on that stuff. And don't get me wrong, those are important things. But we tend to kind of want to ignore the business acumen stuff because it's not as fun or it's not as interesting or you don't feel like it gives you the immediate results that things like learning a new modality or learning how to use, you know, your how to respond to emails more effectively with clients to get them to book, that kind of stuff, right? 
so business what's business skills so stuff like marketing and contract negotiation um, whether it's with your landlord or you decide to have someone else come on part-time to take off some of the load you know you go from being a eventually you decide to go from being a solo practitioner to having someone else work with you you know or even just uh, renting out your space one day a week to help you with income so you're still a solo practitioner you just happen to have a renter that's all um, but yeah contracts sales skills those are really important bookkeeping you know, you, yes, you can have an accountant, but you should be at least okay at bookkeeping so your accountant isn't pulling their hair out when they're trying to do your taxes for you. <laughs> time management, that's a really big one. A lot of us struggle with time management. Sending out email newsletters, I already mentioned that. Some of you avoid that stuff. It's something to think about as a business owner. And possibly depending on, depending on your exact business, things like editing video and audio. Maybe you want to have a podcast. Maybe you want to start a YouTube channel. Maybe you want to have little videos, you know, neither of those things, but you want to have little videos or audio on your website so people can get to know you. How to have an effective social media feed. How to use IGTV. How to use, you know, the the features in TikTok. Whatever, you know, whatever it might be. How to write great blog posts and on and on and on. I think you guys get the idea here. All the behind the scenes things that aren't client facing necessarily yes clients see your social media but a lot of the behind the scenes learning they don't see that part and also here's a really big one you need to be willing to try new things and see if they work and if they don't work you have to be okay with that learn from it and try another idea treat things like an experiment and not a failure um one of my business coaches and i'm probably going to say this quote slightly wrong but it's something along the lines of, uh, he said, uh, your next idea will not be your last idea. Something along those lines. I probably quoted him slightly wrong. But the idea is that there's always going to be more ideas. There's always going to be new experiments that you can try. There's always going to be a new like marketing opportunity you can try. You know, There's always going to be a new way that you can attempt to get new clients. You just need to be willing to be creative and treat them like... Treat them like experiments. Some of them will work out awesome. Others, maybe not. And that means taking a leap of faith at times, even when you're scared to do so, and or if you feel like a fraud. And trust me, a lot of us feel these feelings. Most business owners do. In fact, I, don't, I haven't met one who, who doesn't feel that way sometimes. No matter what kind of business someone has, they worry about if people will understand what it is they have to offer and book appointments even if you're really successful, you know, or people worry every time they send out a newsletter, if a whole bunch of people are going to get offended and unsubscribe. <laughs> you know, we all worry about these things. We all worry about how people are going to absorb our content and whether or not they're going to, you know, like it or, or make it clear to you that they don't, you know, and, and I get it. Um, it's stressful. But in order to have a successful business, we need to feel that fear and then do it anyway. The more we do it, the less scary it gets. Trust me. It's like anything. Practice helps, you know. And I'm not saying it's like night and day. You know, one day you wake up and suddenly you're super brave and you're willing to try anything. And, you know, your, you know, client negative feedback just rolls off your back like water off the back of a duck, as they used to say. And it's not it's not like that for most people. It's an ongoing process of learning to be willing to experiment, learning to try new things, learning to uh treat new skills like kind of like an adventure 
you know, instead of like, oh, this negative, this stupid thing I have to do that's taking me away from my clients. I don't have time for this. That's not a mindset. That's not an attitude that is going to help you build your business. We need to be willing to put our names out there, try new things, experiment with new ideas, and see how they help us build our, our business and our practice. Now, let me go back to something for a second. And it's that work-life blend idea that I've already mentioned. And I think it's pretty well known that many entrepreneurs are, shall we say, obsessed with our businesses, obsessed with their businesses. And maybe you don't want to be like that. Or maybe you feel like you are a little bit more obsessed with your work than you would like to be. You would like to have a little bit more work-life balance. You feel like you feel like you're always thinking about work. And I, I get it. People get into health and wellness careers because they're passionate about helping people. That's why I went into it. That's why I'm doing what I do now. That's why I record these podcast episodes, because I genuinely want to help you guys. So it's easy to get super focused on your business and clients, whether you own a business or you work for someone else. You know, again, I know the the target audience of this podcast is solo practitioners. But if you work for someone else and you're just listening because you found this interesting, you probably have struggled with this stuff, too. <laughs> However, I strongly believe that the most healthy way to work is having healthy boundaries around your work. Now, yeah, as a business owner, it does mean doing stuff outside of the typical Monday to Friday business hours. You know, business hours are in quotes here because these days, like a lot of businesses don't actually work just nine to five. Uh, but you, you guys get what I mean by business hours, right? But as a business owner, stuff is going to come up or you're not going to have time to do it until the kids are in bed or, you know, whatever's going on. And that's the reality. I totally get that. I worked over this past weekend, too, because I wanted to go to my physiotherapy appointment yesterday and I knew uh, that was going to take up a big chunk of my day. So I did work over the weekend in order to make sure I was ready, you know, and that stuff happens. It's just life. But what I want to emphasize here is you have to make sure that you blend your work and life together in a healthy way. This is a really, really important mindset thing. Otherwise, you're going to burn yourself out and probably end up either, you know, feeling really negative about your business or deciding that you no longer want to run your business or any of those things. And that is one of the things actually that resulted in me closing my private practice and going to work on a percent split for someone else for a while at the end of my massage therapy career. I did both. I was successful at both. But, you know, real talk, you know, I burnt myself out and I don't want you guys to burn yourselves out. So you need to set boundaries around work. It means being able to put down your phone and not reply to your emails at all hours in the day and night, which I know is hard, but especially in a world where we're used to, you know, oh, I got an Instagram, you know, um, notification. Oh, I got this notification. Like, you need to learn to put it down. <laughs> Me too. It means taking vacations and actually not doing work things while you're on vacation. Vacation is vacation. It means setting boundaries the other way on too sometimes, you know, when you're at work, even if you work from home, your family or, you know, the people you live with need to respect that and give you the space to do your work rather than expecting you to do family stuff in that time. I realize these days, sometimes it's a bit hard to do that, especially, you know, more people are working from home, etc. But still, as much as possible, when you're at work, do work. When you're not at work, don't do work as much as you can. Don't let your business consume all your time. That's what I'm saying. Don't let yourself spend all your free time on hobbies that are uh, actually working on business skills. 
I see that really commonly, actually. People whose all their free time goes to reading and writing and doing online courses and stuff that actually has to do with their business in some way and all their other hobbies, all the other passions that they used to have before they open their own business, they get ignored and pushed off to the side. People will be like, oh, have you been running lately? You go, no, I don't have time for that. Or people are like, oh, you want to go camping with me this weekend? You'll be like, oh, I love camping, but no, you know, don't do that. Don't do that to yourself. Spend time on your business stuff when you need to, and then let yourself have time outside of work, okay? Now, I get it. When you're a brand new business owner, sometimes you just need to do that. I get that. That is different. If you are just opening a business for the very first time and you have to really work hard to get it going, you need to put in the time. I 100% get that. You still need to put some boundaries in for the sake of your mental health, for the sake of not burning out. But I get that you might be spending more time, quote unquote, hobby time or free time on business stuff, you know, or if you have a lot of responsibilities, maybe you have kids and you have an elderly parent and you have like just a lot of things going on. Maybe you don't have time for other hobbies right now. That's okay too. I I get that different life situations have different things that you need to consider. But I just want you to maintain that your own mental and emotional health are important And it shouldn't all just be about everything that you're doing for other people, everything you're doing for your business. You have to think about your own needs and your own, you know, passions outside of work, too. That's all that's all I'm saying. Just don't don't completely ignore that stuff for the sake of building your business. Because remember, my philosophy is on heart, not hustle. That's one of the big things that I say on my website uh, in one of the articles, but I've said it multiple times. Things that matter to you in your very core come first, like relationships and your spirituality. Um, You know, maybe you have an overt religion, maybe you don't. But either way, you know, most of us are spiritual people in some way, shape or form. Personal growth, things that you like to work on, giving back to the community, volunteering, you know, donating, whatever it might be. Whatever things have deep meaning to you, those should come first. Not the hustle to get your business, you know, running well. It doesn't mean you don't work hard. It just means you don't let your business run your entire life. That's all. And let me end with a quote from a uh, a colleague in the entrepreneurial community of mine. His name is Brendan Hufford. He's an SEO expert. If you want to look him up, I suggest his stuff, actually. He's, he's very smart when it comes to SEO. He's done some free courses and stuff. He's an all-around great guy, too, actually. He's just really nice to chat with. A few times that I've chatted with him a little bit. And uh, he, the way he words the end of his emails, his email newsletters every single time, is really helpful. And he ends his emails with the following. He says, until next time, don't forget to work hard, be nice to people, and don't get too lost trying to create something that matters. And I think that's really essential for all of us to think about, no matter what kind of business we have. But I think it's particularly fitting for those of you who work in health and wellness. Because it is easy to get lost in, you know, trying to create something that matters, you know, this trying to help people, trying to help your clients. And ultimately, when it comes to mindset, um, you need to have a balance and uh, you need to be willing to work on that. So that there's a balance between that, you know, entrepreneurial, wanting to work on your business, wanting your business to succeed side and just having a life outside of work. So uh, so you don't burn out so you can remain, you know, healthy. So I'll end with that for today. 
I hope this has been helpful to tackle some mindset issues that we all need to think about. It is really important to think about these things at the beginning and in the middle and at the end of your business. It's important to think about them all the time. It's just healthy to to examine these things. But uh, next episode, we're going to talk about some things to think about as you build out your new office space. Other than new the new COVID stuff, I'm not going to talk about that very much. I, you know, I might mention it, but it's not going to be heavy in the episode. It's more other things you need to think about as you're opening a new office. And if you already have an office, maybe it's, you know, it'll be helpful advice for things that you can add or change up or whatever. So uh, stay tuned for that. And until next time, I hope you guys stay well and safe. And I'll be back with you with another episode in this series very soon. Hey, well, thank you so much for listening today, everyone. I really appreciate your time and the fact that you decided to join me in listening to this episode. Show notes are now available for podcast episodes, and they contain links to helpful resources and other information. So please do head over to happylittlebiz.com and check out the reading link. I've got show notes for individual episodes there, as well as articles on other topics for building a happy health or wellness business. Also, if you'd like to learn more about me, my background in healthcare and wellness, as well as, you know, what I'm doing with this current business, my website is the best place to do that. And I've also got links to my social media over there if you'd like to follow me. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. And again, my website address is happylittlebiz.com. All the information is there. Now, while I got you, I'd like to mention I truly do appreciate it when people leave me a rating and or depending on what you want to do, review over on iTunes. So if you like this podcast, let me know by doing that. Just look up Life Beyond the Massage Table on iTunes and then click that Ratings and Reviews tab to leave your own rating or review or both. Okay, that's it for this week. I'm sure you have other things to do, so I'll let you get to them. Have a wonderful rest of your day and here's to building a sustainable, small health or wellness business all on your own terms. Talk to you soon.